This is not like your regular mom podcast. It's your cool mom podcast. It's an unfiltered look into motherhood through the lens of the working mom and mom bosses, all while figuring out the journey of how we got to where we are and how we juggle it all, even if we aren't. We keep it real. We keep it positive and fun. We are two mompreneurs who've had successful careers in the fashion, beauty, and design industries in New York City while raising little ones and also making a mean cheese board. I'm serious. I'm Liz. And I'm Amanda. And we are Mom Goals. Hi, I'm Liz. And I'm Amanda. And we are Mom Goals. Hi, Amanda. I'm so excited to talk to Hitha. She is one of the people that I am most in awe of because she does pretty much everything. You and me both. She's like, we were both. (laughs) I know. We were both saying the other day, like, how is she doing it all? And so I think we're going to find out today. If you don't know Hitha Palapu, she is a multi hyphenated entrepreneur investor, writer, speaker. She's also a feminist, a lifelong politics enthusiast, a daughter of immigrants, and a mother raising feminist sons. I love that. Hitha's passion for the news and politics have been captured in her famous Five Smart Reads, a Webby-honored social series that shares five must-read articles every day to keep her community informed without being overwhelmed. Hitha's longtime blog, Hitha on the Go, established her as an authority on the lifestyle topics and gave way to her successful books, including How to Pack and Her Newest Baby, We're Speaking, The Life Lessons of Kamala Harris, How to Use Your Voice and Be Assertive and Own Your Story. She's also the CEO of Roshan Pharmaceuticals. Hitha oversees financing partnerships and strategy for the company. She puts her money where her values are through the early stages of investing, a partner in Adama, am I saying that right? Adama, Adama Ventures, Ventures. Yeah. her family's office, and she has invested in some amazing, innovative companies that you might have heard of, including M.M. LaFleur, which is one of my favorite brands. She is a sought-after speaker on politics and the news, investing, entrepreneurship, work-life juggle, and motherhood. How are you juggling it all, Hitha? <laughs> Not all at the same time and with a lot of coffee. A lot. That is my favorite answer. (laughs) Drinking coffee now. Yes. Cheers to that. It's the best. Cheers. I'm toasting you guys. It's mom juice. (laughs) I know. I'm trying to like alternate my coffees with like tea in between to just be like, well, maybe I'm hydrating a little bit and getting some other antioxidants. So Uh, that's why I drink iced coffee. I'm like, well, kind of hydrating, right? (laughs) (laughs) I'm so glad to be here. Thank you both for having me. Oh, well, thank you for being here, Hitha. Oh, I've been wanting to talk to you for so long because we, we've been connecting over social media and virtually for quite some time now. We've met in person finally a few times. And now, like... So much you, better in person, too. So the much best. better in person, of course. But now I've been reading your book, and I, like, I'm not only inspired by you, but I'm inspired by, like, you're inspired by Kamala Harris and... I am learning the lessons that you are teaching to us through that. So I, I'm just curious, how did that come about? How did you, I know you've met Kamala herself, but like, how did you come about with that? I'm going to write a book about this. 
<laughs> well, I am the luckiest author alive and that both of my publishers approached me to write these very specific books, starting with How to Pack, which was based off of Fifth On The Go. And we're speaking, I was approached because I'd been a long time, very vocal, very public Kamala Harris supporter when she was running for president. And then when she was um, named to the ticket. And then you know, between the success of the first book, my social media platform, and my very vocal support of Kamala Harris, and talking, I think, a little bit more about her Indian side or what specifically inspires me about her. I guess my publisher was intrigued and interested in having me write this book. So I said yes, and then proceeded to write this book in two and a half months, which I do not recommend, but it happened, and I'm so proud of it. I'm so glad it's out. Something a lot of people don't think about when they want to embark on writing a book, it's that writing the book is one skill set, selling the book and marketing it is a very different one. And if you're going to plan on doing nonfiction, you have to be able to do both, which um, if you want to work with a major publisher, which could be challenging because they're two very different skill sets. Yeah. I don't know how you're doing all that at the same time, because like writing a book is something that... That, that seems like time, the hard least. part, yeah. but yeah, I mean, selling the book and now you're on a marketing book tour it. and marketing yeah. it and you're also juggling your family and being a CEO and a blog and your five smart reads. Like, I just... <laughs> I'm blown away. <laughs> well, I will say that the blog is on permanent hiatus. It is just an archive for people to go back and visit to reference from. Um, Five Smart Reads, I have an incredible team of curators, guest curators, who help take the daily load off my shoulders. And I'm also going to you know, put it on hiatus for most of December because I think we all should be spending this month offline and starting to recharge and the holidays are so stressful especially for moms that I just um, I need to create some space for myself to be able to focus on family so the way you do it all is you don't do it all at the same time and you really mm -hmm. have to so good pick prioritize on the one to two things you know you could do very well and let a lot of the other stuff go and I'll be the first to admit to you that while this has been a banner year for me career-wise. It has been probably my worst mothering year, and I'm probably being hard on myself, but I didn't I spend a so. whole lot of time with my kids, and I wasn't as present and focused with them as I wanted to be. I was a stress ball for most of the year. I know, um, you know, when Sarah Blakely sold Spanx, her husband had written that very sweet post about how she was still like the best mom and wife, and I was like, this makes me feel really bad about myself because oh. Ro definitely was calling me like grouchy mom mommy and mean mommy when I was super stressed out about my deal, negotiating my deal and stressed about the upcoming book tour and everything. And I want to say this just to be transparent of I am really good at certain things and I struggle with other things. And this was a year where I kicked ass work-wise, but I was not the mom I wanted to be or my kids really needed. And so next year I am going to be downshifting a little bit on career and focusing more time on my family because I need it. My family needs it. And I'm finally able to do so with the help of, you know, a lot of things kind of coming to closure and fruition and with a lot of privilege. So yeah, that's so great. That's so and good that you're acknowledging that. Yeah. 
And just being really real about it. (laughs) Yeah. I always say that something has to give. Like when people are always asking, like, how do you juggle it all as a mom and your career? It's like, yeah, like something's going to suffer. And but it's so good that you're recognizing that, like, you know, you are taking this time for your career and then you're going to take a moment to pause that and go back to your kids. But I will say you named your company after your son. I think that counts for a lot. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, the, my dad actually named it for for after Roe, and oh. you know that I I came on board about a year and a half after the company had started in a more formal role. I had always been advising kind of behind the scenes, so to have closed a deal this year, really, I think the week before my book came out, October was chaos. It was very fulfilling chaos, but I am so tired. <laughs> I bet. And how did you get involved with your your dad's company? I know, like, you know, especially being the daughter of Indian parents, like, I'm sure you had high expectations from your parents to do something Mm -hmm. successful with your career. Like, how did you say, okay, I'm going to work with my dad? You know, something I really admire and I'm in awe of about how my dad raised me when I was a kid is... Anytime I asked him about work, he never once um, shrugged me off. He would take the time to explain what he was doing, either in a lab or in writing a patent or overseeing a manufacturing campaign at, at a level that I could understand from when I was six to eight to 12. And you know, as I got older and could grasp the concepts a little bit better, he would provide more detail. And I just was in awe that my dad went to work every day to help develop life-saving medications. And so he planted a seed, whether he realized it or not, of me wanting to do something like that and work with him if I could one day. And right out of college, I graduated from University of Washington with degrees in chemistry and history. I thought I would go to law school or medical school, but after those two degrees, I'm like, I need a break from school. (laughs) I decided to go into technology sales with Cisco Systems and got a crash course, like an MBA on the job and a crash course in business education, which served me incredibly well. And I was um, assigned to the global pharmaceuticals team right out of training. And in that, I realized I don't want to support industry as a vendor. I actually want to be in the industry. And come 2009, my dad was um, building a company with his co-founder, Joe Bohan, who is one of my favorite people on earth to this day. And they needed to bring on someone who could kind of just do what needed to get done and learn on the job. So I joined him and at Sidos in 2009. And save for, I would say, a two, three-year break from 2017 to 20, 2014 to 2017, I've been working with him um, ever since. Though with this deal being done, I do look forward to our relationship just going back to kind of being more father-daughter and less colleagues. Yeah, I imagine that's hard to like work with your dad and have it very professional, but also like he's your it's dad. Two and hats. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I mean, do you envision your your kids maybe joining the company one day, or do you want them to do something <laughs> totally different? <laughs> you know, I it's great for my dad and I. I think it's mostly frustrating for my mom and my husband because Aww. we tend to talk shop a lot without even realizing it. So. I think they're very happy that this deal has been closed and now we're integrating with our partners who have been amazing and that the day in, day out, like stress of negotiating a deal is over. Um, 
it hasn't been hard. It's actually been, and I, I hate sounding so Pollyanna-ish about this, but it really has been one of the greatest experiences of my life to get to work with wow. my father. But I do think um, working with a family, working in a family business is very binary. It's either outstanding mm-hmm. or it's awful. So I think while my dad and I work incredibly well together and my husband and I, in terms of investing, work well together, I don't think I could operate a business with my husband. I think both mm. of us have skill sets that are a little too similar and like our Venn diagram almost is like one big circle that we would have a lot of conflict. Whereas with my dad, you know, there's just a very little bit of overlap. And most of us are just like I'm focused on communications and strategy and fundraising and liaising with our business partners. And he's really technical. He's extremely technical. So it's about we have a lot more separation of what we do that enables us to, I think, work easily together. That's so good you recognize that because a lot of people get in too deep with like a family business and then it's like you it can't like turn you don't back. even have the choice, right? <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Looking at your book, I um, first of all, congratulations again. Uh, you have so many things that you were inspired by Kamala and I know that one of the things that like she and Doug do together is doing a goal check and it's something that like I feel like you do it with your friends. So I want to I want to <laughs> ask you like how can we help each other with your goal? Like what's your next the next thing you're going to do besides focusing on your family? Like I so you have so yeah, many amazing so that- things in your career. <laughs> So that goal check is actually a practice that my friends Kat Cole and Daly Irvin do. So Kat contributed that essay to the book. And that has been a practice that changed my marriage once we adopted it. I want to say when I was pregnant with Rocky, because that's when things were kind of crazy between my husband and I in like terms of life because things were going full steam ahead with Roshan Pharma. My husband had just been promoted to partner at his consulting firm. You know, our son was turning about to turn four and, you know, finally adjusting to school. But I was expecting our second son and had got diagnosed with prenatal depression. And I'm like, something's got to give and we got to be communicating better. And that practice has actually been something I brought into friendships. So, Liz, I know when we were at dinner with a group of our girlfriends, we did go around the table and it's like, what is your big crazy goal and how can we conspire to help make it a reality like with all the women at this table? And I think that's so important because women often have to minimize their ambition or their goals Mm -hmm. or to somehow justify them with, but I'm still a great mom. In a way, men never do, and they would never think to do. So I really am a big fan of if everyone's got goals, how you choose to pursue them is on you. But if you can bring the people in your life who want to support you along with that journey, ask for help or tell them what you want to do and let them offer help, you know, the world will be a better place if all of us can achieve our best and highest use. Uh, totally. Yes. Thank you I'm for that, sharing like, that because you, like, it's so funny because when we went around at the table saying our goals and I said, oh, this is my goal for the year. And I said, well, you know, my like stretch reach goal is this. And you're like, no, 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 no. This is going to happen. We're going to make it happen. And sure enough, because I put it out there now, 
the ball's rolling. I have actually a call later today about it. And like, because you were like, no, let's make this and a you've reality. Got the support. How can we help each other? Yeah. And it's, it's something that I'm so impressed that like you, you put that out there and like, I think it's important to do that with your partner. And I, I actually said to my husband today, I'm like, we should start incorporating this practice that my friend Hitha wrote about and talks about. Like, we should start doing that. And he's like, oh, yeah, that's a good idea. Well, I mean, this is something um, Amanda and I learned from one of our coaches, Karen Aldad, who we both did her program earlier this year. And Karen is so generous with how can I help you you know, achieve your best and highest use. So it's kind of a merging of those two practices that, you know, whenever friends get together, I'm just like, okay, let's conspire. Let's make, let's manifest big things and come up with a plan to make them happen. And that's the ultimate high vibe tribe. Ultimate high vibe tribe. I really, it's, things are already hard enough to be Mm -hmm. a woman in this country in 2021. And it feels, and if you look at the news, it feels like, oh my God, we're regressing or we're turning into Gilead from The Handmaid's Tale. But if you also flip the script on that, because of technology and because of so many tools we have, we have an opportunity to build successful businesses that yes, like business press may not necessarily highlight because we didn't raise a shit ton of money or sell our company for an insane amount of money, but we are building successful, productive businesses that we are allowed to build on our terms in our time. And that's an incredibly optimistic view of life today. So while it's important to be aware of some of the more challenging things that are happening, I also have to look at what, well, what can we do about it? What can I do today about it? You know, getting into arguments on Twitter or spiraling when reading the news online is not going to help anything. So I choose to like give myself five minutes to consume and focus on what action after that five minutes is done. So good. And speaking of all of this, like how has motherhood changed you? Like you've embraced it, but I think it's, it's a huge transition. Like how has it changed the way that you, you know, approach your career? Motherhood has been like a superpower for me. I think I was so concerned and so worried when I was expecting Roe that somehow I wouldn't recognize who I was anymore, that motherhood mm-hmm. would fully consume me and I wouldn't want the same things I wanted. Now, certainly I things have changed, especially with motherhood and especially with a newborn, you know, that it, it is all oh encompassing. God, but it also kind of clear, crystallized my priorities. And I realized what is it I actually want versus what is a narrative that society or family or well-intentioned individuals have sort of pushed on me that I just accepted as fact or I accepted as my goals that really aren't. And that has probably been the most powerful lesson I learned in motherhood. Motherhood has also made me incredibly creative. And, you know, looking back, I just, everything happened for me after I became a mom. Both of my books, building two companies, having to close down one company and negotiating a successful deal and ostensibly an exit for the other. Um, You know, building this- Yeah, building this community online, my friendships became so much stronger because of motherhood because it's a deeply vulnerable experience that, you know, 
building relationships based on that experience is everything. Yes. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I feel like I always thought that motherhood would actually like hurt my career, hurt my friendships because people wouldn't understand it. And I actually think it did the opposite. And I don't know if maybe it's because I'm, do you think you're a better multitasker now? Is that why? I really want to, like, I think we have no choice but to multitask. But as I sort of downshift and like in this next chapter, I really hope I can give my full attention to fewer things over the mm-hmm. course of the day versus doing the answering an email while packing a backpack and yelling at my kid to get his shoes and coat on. You know, I would like <laughs> right. to. We're all yes. guilty of that being fully we are present. All, Yes. Like if I'm multitasking, the multitasking I would like to pursue is like needle pointing and crocheting while watching Housewives and drinking. Oh, my God. That sounds heavenly. (laughs) I can't remember the last time I just like watched TV and like enjoyed it and not like sat there with a phone or a laptop. It's distracted. My husband is really good about when um, we're watching one of our shows like we're big Marvel fans, so we're watching Hawkeye right now or Star Trek. We're watching Discovery right now. He literally hides my phone from me so I don't get distracted. Oh, that's so good. My husband just gets in my case. I don't, he doesn't hide it, but I probably should hide my phone. <laughs> no, it's a good tool to have. It's like, because it's just, it's always there. And I think we all habitually, like, we're so used to being on it all the time that you think, like, you don't need it. It's almost like slowing down to speed up and really like the time that you have with whatever it is that you're doing, it's fully intentional. A hundred percent. And listen, like for the moms who are listening to this, it's like, I can't, there's too much to do. I can't get all get it on. We've all been there. So this is a goal I aspire to, whether it's actually successful or not, you know, is to be determined. So I'm just sort of manifesting what I would like to happen but this is not this is so far from my reality right now <laughs> yes, yes strong intentions strong intentions I like strong that intentions yes mm-hmm. how would you I mean you've done so much but how would you say like besides your kids what would you think is like your greatest accomplishment it's going to be a hard one for you <laughs> oh wow so I mean many this year is kind of it big. Yeah. um so obviously the book like wrote it and published it in less than a year, closed this deal that is just going to be monumental for not just our company, but I would say cardiac and stroke care in this country once we get it across the finish line with FDA approval. And then something, and I'm happy to share it here, like for as long as I have been creating content online, like Taco Bell has been like my dream partner. So I am actually working with Taco Bell. I'm speaking at a summit they're hosting tomorrow. So now I'm oh like, God. oh my God, I made all my wildest dreams come true. What's next? So <laughs> I'm really proud of this year. And also that we got through all of this still in a global pandemic. And, you know, for the first time in my life, I don't have any big career goals. I don't know what's next. And that is both really exciting, but also a little intimidating. But I'm choosing to lean more into excitement and to be open about what might come next. That's amazing. And you should definitely enjoy that because there's so many times in our career that we're so stressed about what's coming next. And I mean, it's important to enjoy the journey and ride the wave. And 
You're doing also it. create the space. Things are starting to flow in after the, the year that you've had, too. It's been an amazing year. I am also very excited to, like, take a break. So I made a very intentional it. Yes, I made an intentional choice that from the 13th on, like, I will, you know, respond to urgent work. Certainly, you know, things come up, especially when you're integrating two companies together that I will be available to do. But like five smart reads will go on hiatus for the rest of the year. So will my newsletter. So we'll like I'll wrap up the whatever content partnerships I have um, going into the end of the year. And I'm not taking any new ones in January with the exception of, well, if it's still on one book event out in Seattle and then a couple of small things. So we'll see what happens. So in your multi-hyphenated career, we still we haven't even talked about that you're a content creator, an influencer, if you will. And like that never you never sleep when you're doing that kind of stuff like how how are you incorporating that into all of your businesses at the same time who um <laughs> you know last for the past year and a half my content salary my content fees and this business i built backfilled the salary that i paused from my day job in an effort to preserve cash flow for my company so I took on a lot more projects and sponsorships than I ever thought I would, which has been excellent, but also it has been incredibly draining. Um, yes. You do feel like you have to always be on. And then over the course of COVID, kind of stumbling into being a science communicator, which is something I never expected or care thought I would do, but just given my background in pharma, being able to explain clinical trials or the difficulty in manufacturing a vaccine, and that's why we're not letting, that's why big pharma companies that are established in the US and Europe aren't necessarily transferring their vaccine in places in India or China um, or Africa, why that is. I mean, I didn't think that would be a part of it, but that's definitely been a big part of my job in the past year and a half. So I'm, um, I would like to turn off and I kind of want to say to hell with the algorithm and not post as much, <laughs> but like, I'm finally posting to my feed after like a month and I'm like, Oh, my engagement has plummeted. It is I mean, what it that's is. everybody. Yeah. That's everybody. It is a macro thing. It is also, it is what it is. At the end of the day, I'd like to shift this business less from direct content and more into more speaking or doing more of a like comprehensive collaboration where am I coming in and speaking to your women's erg or your API erg employee resource group at a company as well as combining it with some content I'm creating whether it's for my newsletter, whether it's on social, whether it's maybe on LinkedIn because LinkedIn is starting to grow. I don't know what's next. I have like a nice um, powwow session, strategy session with my PR team and my manager next week. And um, I look forward to figuring it out that. Wow. Well, it sounds like having a team is really the way that you're able to do it a all. Million, like you, you, yeah. you can't do it. You can't do it all yourself. And right now it's um my manager is phenomenal like she reached out to me and then has changed my life and I'm obsessed with her and will be with her wow. for as long as I can oh, be with her so good 
my PR team, I worked with them on my first book and looking to work with them long term from here on out. I have two amazing assistants, one who is on maternity leave right now and one who is expecting her child. And frankly, I think the best time to hire women is when they are pregnant because like if you need something done, give it to a mom or a woman who's about to be a mom and let them do it however they can do it best. So we have a very asynchronous work environment. I don't have a ton of calls with my team. We hop on a call when we need to hop on a call. We check in over text or email frequently, but everything manages to get done. And I don't care how you get things done as long as they get done. So I'm really proud of my team and I'm really proud that I also offer three months maternity leave paid because good for you that is if it's what I think everybody should do so if I'm going to mm-hmm. walk the walk in terms of how do we start to make like macro change through micro actions this is something I can afford to offer and so I'm going to offer it and that's the goal and I think that you're paving the way that should be like the standard and it's so good to hear it's so refreshing uh, my favorite chapter in your book, obviously, was the one on Kamala and her style and how to find your signature style. So how would you say that you've developed your signature style and what is yours? My signature style, and this is where I think I want everyone to like think about, like think about what they want, not what other people think they should dress or how they should speak, is I have, you know, I'm kind of dual brained, I say. I have a very analytical, technical side, and I have a very creative side. So in that vein, I kind of have three looks, which is like, schlubby tomboy where I'm in like sweats (laughs) I love it and I just lean into it and I'm like this makes me happy this serves me I'm just gonna embrace it it's um eccentric old lady heiress which is like caftans and crazy headbands and amazing jewelry and the third is like suited up boss so I actually have this amazing rust suit that I just ordered from MM LaFleur to wear with like my Taco Bell vintage t-shirt for tomorrow's like speaking engagement and I've like never been more excited about an outfit ever. Ah, oh, so. now I want to see it. I'm so I mean as a I know, stylist I need a visual. I, I, I need agree. a visual. <laughs> this is like I will I will having DM you a, a picture of it. Yes. I it love is it. um and I kind of dress in those three categories and under like boss babe it's also like a really beautifully tailored dress or it's a suit. And so I have those kind of three looks and I have fun within them too. Like I've really embraced the slip skirt chunky knit this season. I think it's really mm-hmm. fun, a fun look. Um, it's so funny. I have that actually on my clothing rack right behind me about to film it <laughs> for something. It's <laughs> so for multi-hyphenate. Many looks for multi-hyphenate. Exactly. It is the ultimate multi-hyphenate outfit. I love it. I mean, there's something also about a blazer. Don't you agree that like you put on a blazer or a suit and you feel yes. like you can a different really person take on the world? Yeah, exactly. I love a good blazer. I've had to like stop buying them because I was like, I'm never going to be able to wear all these. So um, I'm a big fan yeah, of. Yeah, but renting. you throw it on with a t-shirt. Yeah. Yes, you do. Or a leather jacket. And I love like a leather yes. jacket for jazzing up like like a really feminine look too. like a leather jacket or a bomber with a flowy dress makes me feel great. But I also like, 
use this as an opportunity to like rediscover your style and figure out what you want to wear. I mean, life is short and your style's going to change too. That's so totally. true. I feel like my style has evolved a lot since having kids. Like I I think I used to put together like outfits and since I started having kids about 5 years ago, it's just like grab and go and the same thing. I've created like formulas of like I'm one day like boho mom and the other day I'm like just polished downtown chic mom and then same as you I'm like going to school drop off in my athletic gear so like how are you how are you um like managing what you're gonna wear for what event I mean any of the moms at my kids school will tell you that like drop off hitha and pick up hitha are often two very different (laughs) hithas Cause like I'm in like workout leggings and a sweatshirt and my hair is in like some kind of top knot when I'm dropping off. And then I'm usually showered and dressed for the day when I pick up, which is, you know, one of these three looks. And sometimes it literally is like a sweatsuit, but like a nicer sweatsuit, if you will, that I um, show up in. So formulas are, are everything, especially with kids convenience and machine washable is like my go-to. I cannot be bothered to take anything to dry cleaning, especially in the past year. Did anyone go get anything dry cleaned? Do you know what? No. I have the at-home dry L kit and I love it. Yes, but it's, it's so funny because people, mm-hmm. oh, I love dry L. It's a game right? changer, but it, I will say there's so many things like you actually don't have to dry clean and people don't realize like just because it has a dry clean only label on it doesn't mean that you actually need to dry clean truth so all of this hitha it sounds like you know this past year has been absolutely incredible now you're carving into a new dimension what have you done for you lately like how do you make time for you um beyond the tea and coffee and lots yes. of tacos tacos <laughs> yes I, <laughs> I i like DoorDash myself taco bell probably <laughs> once a week um something i've done for myself is like and it's so bad like revenge bedtime procrastination I really do stay up later than everyone else in my house by like an hour or two to literally just stare at the TV and watch just my housewives because yes it's the only thing in my life that like turns my brain off that makes me feel good I'm finally trying to get back into movement so you know, on Peloton, Robin is doing her three for 31 challenge for December, which is move for 30 minutes or run or walk three miles a day, which in New York, being able to clock three miles is pretty easy, just given how much we run around here in the city. Um, So I'm doing that. And I kind of discovered, rediscovered one of my old favorite instructors, Bradley out of the UK, who is like this sassy, funny British man with like a love for pop punk music and so literally it's like I feel like I'm reliving like my high school and college days on the bike every day for 30 minutes and that's been really fun (laughs) and it's like you forget you're working out when you're doing one of his rides which I need in order to actually work out and I realize I'm like I pushed myself a lot a lot harder than I thought I would so um that's That's been really kind of workout that's it's so good and I'm really excited to, um, you know, take half this month off. That feels like such an utter luxury. And to do it one week when my kids are still in school and we still have childcare, 
I'm like, wow, what am I going to do? So I think it's going to involve a lot of cheesy Christmas movies. Love um, it. I would like to like get back to cooking again, but cooking what I want to want to not necessarily what's like this seems really healthy and I should do this for my health um kind of a little find a balance of both and then you know read the piles of books that I have that I've been meaning to read but honestly reading romance novels like romance novels kept my sanity this year it just I like to live in a world where women are loved for their multitudes not in spite of them they're multifaceted and then their pleasure is prioritized. I'm like, this is the world I would like to live in. Let me just so go I. visit it on a daily basis. <laughs> so if anyone's listening and wants to know where to start, I would start with Robin Lee's The Idea of You. It is also like a vacation in a book. Like these people are traveling to the most beautiful, stunning places. And she's a phenomenal writer. And I would follow it up with all of Abby Jimenez's books, starting with the Friend Zone series. Oh, taking notes right now. And that's so on brand of you that your your like favorite books are about women that are loved for all the multitudes of their life and also that they travel to amazing places cuz like that's basically how you started all this. So, I love that. And if you ever want more romance novel recommendations, like hit me up on Instagram, I will be happy to give you one specific to your interests, too. Like it's a genre that we like write off as just Harlequin romances with Fabio on the cover. But it really (laughs) is an incredible genre and one of the most profitable genres in publishing. But you would never hear about that because it's for women. And I'm just tired of art that is created by women for women somehow being treated as less than, that everything has to be tortured or struggle, and that we can't just have celebrate happiness and view it as as art in the same sort of tier as we do more of these tortured works by men. So. Yes. And Hippa, maybe this is your next goal. Maybe you're going to be doing yeah. the next romance next novel. Book. <laughs> No, no, no. I am. I'm a big <laughs> fan of romance. I think like if I were to try to write a sex scene, I would just like be giggling like like <laughs> like a I can totally like, picture you doing that. Girl. And I wouldn't be able I wouldn't be able to write it. I would just be like so immature about it. So I'm just going to enjoy my very talented friends writing these scenes with humor and love and grace and steaminess. So big fan. I love it. This is awesome. Well, beside romance novels, we always ask our guests, what's on your cheese board? We love charcuterie. Amanda and I always send pictures of our cheese boards to each other, and we're obsessed. So we use it as a metaphor of sharing what our latest obsession is. So we want to know, what what is your latest obsession? Okay, I have a few. Um, and speaking of Bring cheese, I always have like very sharp white cheddar in my fridge. Me too. And goat oh my cheese god, my, my favorite, my favorites as well. Like and with like some raincoast crisps. And mm. my latest like cheese obsession has been um, Callie's hot little biscuits, fiery pimento cheese spread. You can get it at Whole Foods, like on club crackers. Like the number of times that's been my dinner in the past month is embarrassing. <laughs> 
which is why I probably should be like doing some kind of cleanse and like resetting my gut. But that's neither here nor there. Um, some of my favorite like self-care charcuterie board items are. I would say definitely like tea, like herbal tea. I love Harney and Sons. They're an amazing mm-hmm. tea house here, like New York based. They're absolutely delicious, but I do like a full dropper of CBD drops in them as well to kind of help oh. me unwind further. And I think that's really nice if you're trying to cut down on your alcohol consumption. And like, you know, it's the holidays. We're out. We're socializing. So when I'm at home or like on a school night, I try to abstain and choose to drink like that instead or make a mocktail with Liar Spirits, which is an amazing non-alcoholic spirits company that tastes like complex and amazing. And their their drinks are fantastic. So Definitely, as I'm thinking about dry January, like those are some of the things that are easing me into dry January versus going cold turkey. I bought this like, it's called like a house wrap from HSN, Patricia Altichal from Southern Charm. It's part of her line. And I got the green one and it is like so delicious and cozy. And so even if I'm just answering like a bazillion emails, wearing that just makes me feel better. It makes me feel a little chicer and covers up my, you know, very terrible old t-shirts and ratty leggings. So on my schlub days. So that is something (laughs) on my cheese board as well. I like Central Park, like sanity walks. Like I'm so lucky to live a block from the park. So trying to get outside and get into the park every day that it's not raining. If it's raining, I'm just staying inside, let's be honest. Um, It's very good for my sanity. And I look forward to next year resuming my post drop-off walks before I come home and ease into the workday. So that's something I'm really excited about. And I think the last is... Honestly, unabashedly ordering myself like three lunches a week, I just go, this is what I want to eat. So there's like crispy rice with spicy tuna from like my favorite sushi restaurant in the neighborhood. Taco Bell is like the other go-to. And then the third is um, dim sum and spicy tofu with with steamed white rice from our favorite Chinese restaurant in the neighborhood. So... I enjoy those meals with like full pleasure three times a week. Oh, such goals. I love all your obsessions. They're so good. So many of them too. We contain multitudes. I know. (laughs) So speaking of all your goals, we always ask our guests, what are your mom goals? And we kind of talked about our goals for the future. Yes. So what is your best tip or mom hack? My best mom hack is to set the table for breakfast the night before. It saves me so much time. And then I I ask the kids what they want to eat for breakfast the next day. And I write it on a a sticky note and I like put it on the fridge. So I remember what I'm making them that morning. And, you know, filling their water bottles and putting the snacks in the backpack. And just it's one little thing. It takes takes me all of five minutes, but it makes my life so so much easier in the mornings when I am so tired. And the other one that Did they change their order in the morning ever? I wanted that last night, but I I don't want it this morning. But I said, look, it's written on the post-it. It's written on the post-it. So tell me what you want tomorrow, and then you can have that. So that's kind of how 
it's a little bit of accountability for them as mm-hmm. well. And the other That's one, so I think this is more on my husband's hack list, but it works, is he brings me coffee um, in bed most mornings. And <gasps> Goals. that is oh. honestly... Like, bless you, Sri. I love you so much. But that's definitely made our marriage a lot better, especially in the mornings when things are insane. Same. My husband actually delivers my coffee to my bathroom while I'm getting ready. And I'm like, yes, this is why I married you. (laughs) (laughs) But even like if you don't have a partner, like do something for yourself first thing in the morning. There are a couple mornings where I'll wake up early and I don't want to meditate and I don't want to do yoga and I just want to sloth in bed. So those are the days where I will just let myself read whatever romance novel I'm reading at the time in bed. And something I do for myself the night before is I will in like a corksicle or a Yeti mug make hot water with lemon the night before and just keep (gasps) it on my nightstand and that's it hits so the smart. perfect drinking temperature by the morning. And I just, that's the first thing I drink every morning and take my vitamins. So no matter what I choose to do after that is a choice, but that is what I do every morning. And it's one of those little micro rituals that sets your day off on the right foot. And it's, you're doing something for yourself right away. Oh, such goals. Okay. I'm taking that is notes your morning and I'm cleanse. doing that. I know, me too. I'm writing yeah. this down. I love it. So, Hitha, where can people find you and also all the things that you do? You can find me at... You can find me. I will not be on Instagram as much this holiday season, and I am happy about that. And you should be happy about that, too. So, you like, get offline. Just get offline this holiday season and, like, kind of figure out, like, who you are. Because I know, like, something I've been working a lot about... Um, with one of my coaches is I don't know who Hitha is right now. I've, this has been a year where I've just defined myself by career or as a mom that I'm like, who the heck am I these days? I don't even know what I want anymore. I don't even know who I am. So I'm excited to get to know myself again, which is going to be fun and exciting and a little nerve wracking because I'm like, oh, what's next? I actually don't know. But if you want to find me, I am on Instagram at Hithapalapu, H-I-T-H-A-P-A-L-E-P-U. And you can subscribe to my newsletter at 5, the number 5, smartreads.com. Awesome. Amazing. Well, thank you so much, Hitha. Uh, I could talk to you all day. And I know. I so we'll good hanging out. with you next week. <laughs> so excited to see you next week. And Amanda, I can't wait to see you soon. Whether I know. next time you're in the city, we'll hang. Totally. It was just so good the last time we were at Karen's wedding. I'm like, can we just continue this? But Or Connecticut. We'll make it happen. We'll make it Take happen. And yes. um, yeah, but enjoy the holidays, guys. Don't Thank go insane. You, you Rest, too. Enjoy your relax. break. Well deserved. I, <laughs> I just feel so rejuvenated after just listening to this entire and being contributed to this. Doesn't this one feel really good? It does. Like it's like Thank a cup you, of Hitha. Hitha. Yeah. A cup oh, of Hitha. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you Thanks for, for you. giving me a space to just talk. This is nice. I mean, to people who want to listen to me versus my almost seven-year-old who's just like, mom, you're embarrassing me. And I'm like, "Mm." and it starts. Oh, yes. (laughs) Well, have a great day, Hitha. Thank you. Bye. Bye, Hitha. Thank you. Bye. I know, mom. Love her. Oh, love. I could could listen to Hitha all day and all the things she does. Right? She's a cup of Hitha. 
That's a cup of hitha. So much goodness there. I know. Um, And you know what? I think her book, and I actually, now I want to read her other book, How to Pack, and I want to like get inspired on everything she said. I want to take notes the day before and put them post-its of what my kids are going to eat for breakfast. I'm going to start doing the hot water with lemon the night before. I want to read romance novels. Like I, I am know, so I'm inspired. Like, I would never in my life pick up a romance novel. I'm like, no, hmm, maybe <laughs> I'm such like a nonfiction person, but no, I mean, it's so good. And I'm sort of thinking about ordering Taco Bell. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Just I'm vegetarian, something. so I don't well, know. I, I no, remember I, the churros being good. They are, but they have the vegetarian. Now they have all the Beyond the Meat stuff. It's just funny. I oh, mean, she's I didn't totally. Know that. The, they do. Now you have options, lots of options. But she just like she options. has it all figured out. It I mean, like nobody that. has it all no, figured no, but out. Yes, and but like, like she said, like she's still figuring out who she is, and that I think that's kind of the underlying message about like moms this. who are successful. It's like. Something always has to give. There's always something that you, you know, you're still working on, even if it's not your career. So no, I, and I really good to take the time air. for her, right? It's such a breath of fresh air. It doesn't have to be yeah. all things all the time. It's like, speaking I think of taking down. the time, are you doing anything that time. for you today? Ooh, today. <laughs> what am I doing? Honestly, you know what? I, I've been taking Isabella riding on Thursdays and I really... It's like therapeutic and really enjoyable. The ride is so beautiful once I pick her up from school. It's just gorgeous being in the country and outside. Um, so that's what I'm doing this oh, afternoon. so nice. How about you, I Mama? am, I mean, my goal is to work out today. I actually just bought, um, I bought an exercise bike, not a Peloton. So that's Is it one of those ones neck- with the arms? I can see <laughs> Do you it's, know where you have it's like probably the like arm bike what? and the legs? No, I don't. Oh, no, 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 no. Not an <laughs> arm bike. No, I'm not. I mean... <laughs> That does sound nice. But no, it's like the same kind of bike that like my dad awesome. has. Like it's like no frills, but you can hook it up to the Peloton app. So I'm going to try that. So I'm excited. Get it. But Get after it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So awesome. enjoy. And um, okay. I love you. Love you, mama. I love you too. Love you too, mama. Okay. Bye. Bye. I love you, mama. <laughs>